brought to you by the Rugby Outlet Mall, equipping you for freedom and connection through rugby. Find out more at RugbyOutletMall.com. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, an eight-year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, look, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. If it gets up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys, and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Bailu, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of these podcasts, this is a podcast where we speak with people about the opportunities they have found or experienced via rugby. And we have an amazing guest today. Of course, you clicked on this because you looked at the guest and you were like, yo, this looks kind of interesting. We got Anne Unwusery with the from the Black Girl Ruck podcast uh, coming out of London. Like, um, this was one that I found particularly interesting. I actually found it because of another friend's uh, IG stories. And I was, like, checking it out. I was like, oh, this is this looks interesting. Listened to a few of the shows, and I was like, yo, this 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 shit got some. Like, I, I can I feel the way she, she, she interviews, and uh, I feel the way that she, the, the connection that she's having and the information that she's bringing and this attention she's bringing to these women. And, uh... I was like, yo, I got to bring her on to the Grow Rugby podcast. Like, we got we to gotta be real with this things, all right? So, uh, Anne was, in my opinion, was awesome. She was hilarious. Um, you know, a lot of information, and especially, you know, coming from a person who comes from, you know, on the media side, you know, you have a different perspective. And then, of course, what happens whenever you're in an area, especially a place like the U.K., where rugby is more prominent than here in the U.S. and many parts of the world. So the perspective on how rugby is addressed was always curious because, you know, you have a way of thinking like, oh, okay, you know, they, they got to uh, understand. Everybody, of course, within the women's field, there's always drawback because of the fact that women don't always get the same attention in sports. But you would assume that it would be higher than average uh, simply because of the fact that there is more recognition of the sport and definitely learned a lot of uh, misconceptions as well as some things that I didn't know and uh, and confirmation of knowledge that I did. So it was really dope to be able to talk with her. Uh, We we had so much fun. Uh, We had so much fun. Uh, probably might not sound so super professional, but we don't need professionalism. This is a podcast. We need information and entertainment. And I can say that uh, we had both of those in this situation. So uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy this one a lot. Um, and uh, just I can't wait to show it. But first, I want to let you guys know uh, we finally we got a new product coming out. Coming on with the Rugby Outlet Mall, you guys go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com, and we got a brand new item that will be there uh, today, 
at least today being Tuesday, uh, November 24th, or Wednesday, uh, the Spectator Starter Kit for Rugby, all right? This is everything that you need to have to be able to kick off your rugby community journey. So this is for anybody who has got a friend or family who doesn't know rugby or is just entering into rugby. And, you know, they might not need to know the, the dynamics of how rugby goes on a point-to-point pitch basis, but you want to make sure that they can feel the most comfortable and they feel like they are a part of the community and everything that's involved. And this is the kit to get, all right? We're talking about their own shoot-the-boot mug, all right? They got their own rugby ball. We're giving them a cuss, a set-up rugby shirt, ballers play rugby, recognize it. And then, of course, of course, we don't want to leave them with just the items to be able to rep. We're setting it up with my book, Getting Released, and this is happening. You guys are hearing it here today. My book, Getting Released, Spectator Laws to Rugby. And it will show them how to be able to watch and understand the social and the social dynamics and aspects that come along with rugby and how they need to go about it in this amazing book of rules and laws that they need to, they can use to follow so they can find themselves involved in easily transition. And I'm saying it's not just for people who are new to the game. It can be for the veterans who want to be able to throw code at the line. Of course, a shoot the boot mug. You can't get rid of that. You can't not have that. And if you added to anybody who is entering into the game as a spectator or a player, it lets them have their set up early. So, Guys, go to RugbyOutletMall.com, and I'm going to even go one step further. Because you listen to this podcast, because you listen to this podcast, you guys get the promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X, RUGBY, and you get 20% off of all Gift Time Rugby Network and HBCU Rugby Classic gear. That includes... The Spectator Starter Kit for Rugby. So, guys, go ahead, grab yours, and I'm telling you, keep on the lookout. Because we don't do uh, Black Friday deals. We do Black Friday opportunities, but you listen here to go get the deals. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, of course, add to that, you know, you guys are going into the holiday weekend. Yo, go check out the documentary, Singapore to Tokyo, any way we can. You guys are going to, you will not regret one ounce of it. Watch it with your family. It is the absolute perfect time to be able to go. And all you need to do is just go to redearthfilms.vhx.tv. That is Red Earth, R-E-D-E-A-R-T-H, films, V-F-I-L-M-S, dot, the letter V, H-X, dot TV. $17 gets you Seven episodes, $20, 20 minutes per episode. You guys are going to get an in-depth of learning about wow, how big rugby really is in the world as we traverse from through Southeast Asia, heading to the 2019 Rugby World Cup. And just the lessons and learning about the rugby clubs that are in there and a part of this rugby community worldwide and how much it takes to be able to continue to be great for this sport on and off the pitch uh i mean it it is it's it's amazing definitely go check it out you've got to go check it out and um of course last but not least definitely go follow us on 
Instagram, Grow Rugby Podcast, G-R-E-A-U-X Podcast, uh, Grow Rugby Podcast. Follow us on there for updates. And also, guys, check out our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash gift time rugby network subscribe put on notifications so you know what to do uh, and know what's going to be coming in at the time and you're n- knowing what's going on and uh look <laughs> man this is going to be a wild holiday season and last of not not least y'all i gotta wish my mother a happy birthday today big happy birthday uh i i cannot do any of this if it wasn't for her her, her my along with my dad but today is her day so along with her you know she's been able to help me through this rugby career journey and allow me to do these experimental things that I would not be able to do as well without her so big congratulations to her and uh you know if uh you know if you want you can go check her out on Facebook and um you know Caroline A Bailey just wish her a happy birthday on my behalf so, in the meantime, I hope you guys are ready. I hope you guys enjoy Anne on Wu City, Black Girl, Black Girl Rust. Check it out. Grow rugby, 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 grow rugby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Bailu, and I got another V I and incredibly P person here for us on the podcast today. She is the host of Black Girls Ruck, Black Girls Ruck podcast, uh, coming out of London, England. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, just someone that I actually picked up from another friend who had told me about the podcast, Anne Onwusiri. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. This is like the first time I've like featured on someone else's podcast, so thank you. Yo, look, you know, I, I, as I always say, look, whenever you do great things, you know, people are going to be able to notice and, you know, get used to that energy attracting out. So, <laughs> but no, it was, it's, it's literally whenever I found the podcast, it was actually, I actually found it on the stories of uh, another friend of mine who was following your IG page. And so like, I looked and I was like, yo, this works. Cause obviously I, I love the angle when it comes to uh, being black in rugby simply because it seems to be this unique, but also very consistent kind of uh, story across uh, the board. And then add to that, when I found out it was in England and then, you know, of course, Nigerian, I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me check this out all the way through. And just to be able to listen to your podcast and listen to these women uh, be able to tell their story. And you get some really legit women. Just this past episode was with the Wasp ladies. And I listened to the young lady from uh, South Africa, uh, who's the first professional paid uh women female rugby player from south africa correct yeah like that i was just like okay these this is this is what i like this is this is the stories that i've been hoping to find and being able to present and of love being able to present it to a u.s audience but just to be able to know what the stories are like across the board so uh you know thank you for putting that out there by the way Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I think, yeah, I still find it quite surreal because these are all things that I'm like, like all these stories, they're all just things I want to hear. And like, 
when I ask the questions, I generally just want to know, like it's me being very nosy. And I think <laughs> that does come across in that I am just like, what are you doing here? Why, why do you do this? And like being really nosy, but it's so nice to hear that people actually want to hear these stories and want to um, learn more about these people. Yeah, you know, I, I've always been a big advocate of, well, I've always been a big advocate of rugby needing to know stars, especially when it comes to smaller, less prominent rugby countries. Like being able to put faces to sport makes it easier to connect with the sport, and especially how rugby gets promoted so heavily as a community sport. I think it's so necessary that these integral stories get played. And then because we have this international presence, it just, the range is so uniquely large. So um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like, even for me, it's, I, I like to just, I want to just hear your story. Like, I want to talk, yeah. like <laughs> what's going down? Like, let yeah. me know. <laughs> So kind of, I want to, I want to kick off from the beginning for you. You know, we, we like to do origin stories here, Marvel style, uh, you know, <laughs> for you, you know, can you give us a little background? Like how did you become a part of rugby? Um, so I started playing rugby. I had always played like a bit of sport or gone to the gym um, or like kept active in some way. Um, growing up, it was always netball or football. Um, and in university, like the first time I went to university for my undergraduate degree, um, just played a bit of football and a bit of netball, but I wasn't too serious. Then I went back to university to do a master's in speech and language therapy. And I thought, I want to play a team. I, I want to play as part of a team. Um, I had watched rugby before and I'd always found it so interesting, but I just didn't really think it was for me. And then online, I saw some. I can't remember how I saw, I saw like, I can't even, no, I remember how I um, actually joined. So I was watching rugby and I always thought I wanted to do that, but I didn't really think it was for me. And then when I joined my uni, I looked up to see if they had a rugby team. And even if it was just like getting to know some of the players um, on the men's team and like getting to know more about the sport, I was just happy doing that. And then I saw that they had a women's rugby team um, and it was a, little team combined with like loads of other unis to form a bigger team so i joined that um because of how um hectic my course was i wasn't able to train with them on the same days that they trained but i um went to some events with them went to some socials um went to go and watch england play with them the england women play against usa which was when nice. the moment i fell in love with um shauna brown and i was just like okay i really want to play now and i want to like make time for it so then i googled um rugby teams near me and found hackney in east london which was my closest one um yeah then i joined played for a bit but i was quite like anxious about the whole thing because it's quite intimidating coming in with like um 30 girls that all know each other really well and are all athletic i'm not the most athletic person but i like to give everything a go um so that's the key yeah. right there that's yeah. all that's a key core point that you need yeah <laughs> i just try everything and one day i thought i'll try maybe one day i'll score a try but it's you know it didn't happen but it, it has happened finally so when i first did um thank congratulations you, thank you. It, just one just the one and, and all you need is one all you, and then yeah. you retire you, okay? it, <laughs> it was in a friendly as well so it doesn't even count because we write down and <laughs> play. look look this was the biggest game ever yeah for the game in the try this is the story you tell them yeah. <laughs> 
it's annoying because whenever it's like they write it down, obviously he scored a try after each game because it's a friendly, no one did. And I was just like, no one's ever going to know that I did this. It just doesn't look like it's real. But it's fine. I'm not over it, but I'll get there. Um, yeah, so then I joined for a season, only went to a couple of trainings um, and then injured my hand. Um, and then I kind of disappeared. I didn't really need to disappear, but I think I was just like, oh, I can't do it and panicked. And then I was still in their WhatsApp group and saw like all their messages and they all looked really fun. And I was just like, I'll try again. None of them see me and I'm sure they'll like, get, I'll get along with one of them. And then like, haven't looked back since. And they're like the nicest girls and I'm having so much fun playing the sport. And um, they encouraged me to um, make a podcast and, chat to people because i was always really interested in the fact about like black girls playing rugby yeah no you know it's interesting because coming from the states obviously Mm. we always know that we have a bit of a deficit when it comes to rugby in terms of awareness so there's always this presumption that being in a place like england or south africa new zealand etc that is just one of the prominent just positions that you'll take like for here american football like I, whether you play it or not, you know its existence, and uh, uh, and there's at least a connection to it, either viscerally against or you know highly for it. But it, it it has a connection. So we always assume that there's always that with rugby. But to be able to even hear that there was an opportunity that you were looking for it at, at at university, and there was a chance that there wasn't one there, or if it was, it was just limit limited to just the guys, is very interesting because of how. England being the first to to create this thing, you know? (laughs) So like for you, whenever you were, are looking through and you're, you're seeing how rugby gets uh, grown in England, like what is that like for you, let alone as a black woman, but as a woman in rugby, how is it, how's the growth like for England? It's, I think, slow and steady that's my fair analysis so it's so recently we've had i think it's the first ever international game international women's game shown on mainstream tv shown Mm -hmm. on bbc2 on a saturday which is like absolutely huge because normally to even watch women's rugby so even if you're like you see how like here you can get like football matches like there'll be a football match on somewhere that you can watch for free or like right. if it's a big game, it'll be on. Um, as you can find that fairly easily for men, it's a little bit harder for women, but um, I think with the Women's World Cup, there was definitely more coverage. Um, compare that to rugby. And um, I think they, the Rugby World Cup was shown, obviously for the men, but for the women, it was just unheard of and they talked about it a lot but you had mm-hmm. to like go to a website or go to like a weird link or something to try and find the women's game so obviously through that um it doesn't get a lot of coverage and you don't really as a young woman watching sports and interested in that kind of thing it's hard to you don't really see it anywhere so it's not really something that's in your um world if that right. makes sense and i think there's a real issue with um Oh, what's the word? Visibility of women's rugby. Because there are, um, since starting the podcast, I've spoken to so many, like, I've come across so many women that play rugby from a grassroots level to a, like, national, international level. Um, and so many black women as well. But for me, before doing this and before even I like, started playing rugby, I didn't even think rugby for women was a thing. And I think it 
kind of it's about visibility and um, rugby is typically a middle class white male sport right and i think there's a lot of work for it to become diverse for the men and i think the england team you do see that which is nice for the men but for the women it's uh, like very much behind and it is still the same in t- that it is predominantly from what i can see middle class and um, white people um, obviously, I don't know the backgrounds of all the ladies, so I'm not just painting right. them all with the same brush. But for me, a little bit someone, of an average. yeah, for me as someone like watching it, it's not. You don't really see anyone that looks like you, and you don't actually get to see rugby that much. Um, right. A lot of the people that I have interviewed, that like when I ask them, "How did you get into rugby?" They and I, if the ones that have said that they were playing from young, the story is always I um, started in uni and then went on to carry on doing it. Or the ones that started doing it from young, it was always like um, I had a friend of a friend that did it and then that's how I heard of it. Or my brother did it and then I went with my brother and then fell into it. It's right. never something that's really advertised to women in the mm. UK, especially girls. We're always more pushed towards netball or football. Um, yeah, never really rugby. So it's Kind of, it's just there's the real lack of visibility, I think, for women's rugby. But it's getting better and it's getting, um, there's, we have things called Inner Warrior Camp. So it's for women to come and try out rugby, just see if they like it. It's not too intense. Um, and now that they're showing more games on TV and getting more of the women out there, like in the media and stuff, I think is really helping. But I think there's still a long way to go for women's rugby to be seen as in like, a near enough light to men's rugby, unfortunately. Did that no. answer your question? I feel like I was yeah, just talking. Oh, no. <laughs> and more and opened up even more. <laughs> I, look, look, I'm loving this. Look, look, I like one host to another. You we know the game, so we know. <laughs> I, I feel good about this. We know how to talk. We just know, I, how, to I, talk. I know how to talk. Look, look <laughs> Now I'm gonna say it's Nigerian this. I'm just I'm just gonna say it's not a cool thing. Well. I think it is a Nigerian <laughs> thing as well. Just talk, talk, talk. And host oh, it and just it's too much. But sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, look, even so could kind of add to 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 add on that. So I, I like you said, you, you mentioned on the visibility thing, and obviously here in the States we have a very we've had a very similar thing, and I and still do. Uh, I think it's still a while before we really push it, but you, you see a little bit. We've seen obviously like the Women's Rugby World Cup 2017. Uh, I was going to ask, how did that impact for you guys? Because I know over here, uh, I, I for me, whenever I watch it, I thought it was fantastic. Like it was one of the best that I had had seen, and I you know I've been able to watch quite a few uh, uh, tournaments, but it was it was ridiculously interesting. And obviously, the numbers said that it went well, but. Um, were you playing rugby around that time whenever 2017 uh, Women's Rugby World Cup occurred? So no, actually. So I remember I got in, I remember I got into like watching rugby as a um, fan from um, I think it was the 2015 World Cup mm-hmm. when England the men's team did really badly. But, yeah. um, and that's when I started. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> it still hurts to like. Oh God, just not the mic. Um, it still hurts to think about it. But 
that was when I started like properly watching rugby and um, like watching the teams and keeping up on premiership level. But honestly, I don't think women's rugby was even on my radar at that time, which is really sad because I mm. now, now looking back and like learning more about um, women's rugby, it looked like it was an amazing tournament and like broke the barriers of so many things. But at the time, Just I wasn't... don't think it wasn't in my radar at all. Like I couldn't have told you what was happening like, i don't think I, yeah it doesn't like make any sense to me why but it just didn't occur to me which is quite sad because at the time i was like kind of tracking men's games and like right. about rugby so i had a bit of an awareness but i just didn't wasn't on my radar unfortunately which is quite sad but you know it, it makes sense again because it feels like because it was it was interesting it was 2016 olympics 2017 women's rugby world cup so I think within that time period, it literally set up the basis for the professionalization of the women's national team. And then you started seeing the basis of like the Harlequin starting their professional women's side. And then obviously the Washington, a lot have followed from there. Mm-hmm. But I, before that, I, I it, it barely was like, I don't even think it would have registered without those two events kicking in. Cause I even remember, so I started covering rugby about seven years ago but i used to we used to have the sevens tournament out here and uh so for where i live it used to do the sevens tournament in this place atlanta georgia which wasn't too far from me and women like the it what's the best way of putting it it was very scantily covered like i could arguably say i might have been maybe one of like three or four media people period rugby and non-rugby that were there and uh i think i might have been one of the only ones that wasn't the union but it was in that where i was like okay like this dynamic is like really tough this is where you got to see i think portia woodman came into a rise and we were seeing like emily scarrett come in and all these people kind of opening up their career but there was nobody out there Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the Olympics kick in and it was like, oh, wait, this, this, this is really getting a spotlight and it kicked off being the first one, but I, the 2017 one just kind of blew it out the water, but without them, nothing. I, and now you even here in the States, you start to see a little bit more, but it was nothing, uh, mm-hmm. prior to. So the fact that it was, didn't even get really picked up in, on the Island and I'm going to just call the whole thing UK, the Island. <laughs> And that considering it was in Ireland is very interesting to me yeah. on, on its inability to get a true spread uh, from there. But for you, you know, as you've seen it now, and you said, obviously, it's very slow and steady. Um, what are some of the things that you've been able to see maybe from a ground roots level, grassroots level that, you know, Next to this BBC Two uh, appearance for the women's team, do you see any new evolvements from when you were first checking it out five, six years ago to, you know, where we're at now? I think there's definitely, this might be for me, and just maybe my ignorance at the time before I started, but I think there's definitely more of an acceptance of women that play rugby or like, it's not really as much, um, oh, you play rugby, do you do that? There's not as many questions, I feel, for me. I'm not saying that probably I have had, like, friends that have had that same experience of people questioning them. People are a lot more open to the idea of women playing rugby. Um, From what I hear, because I haven't been with my team for that long, but from what I hear, um, 
they went through a point, I think like four or five years ago, so not even that long ago, that it was hard for them to like have enough players to play a game, um, to have um, appropriate coaching, to have appropriate facilities for them to actually run as a rugby team at a local level. But now we've got like at least in our WhatsApp group, there's like a hundred girls and that's like, so that's a hundred girls that have come to training and are interested in playing rugby. And we like frequently at training, obviously lockdown messed that up, but we frequently have like 40, 50 girls turn up to training. Um, And that's like new girls, girls have been playing for a while, like a lot more interested in rugby. So there's been like, I think there's been a real growth. And I do think that in the warrior sessions and more opportunities, there's a real like, in, I feel like maybe they have this in America, but like the government tries to do like a big fitness kick and like yeah. get active and get moving guys, Let's, we can do it. <laughs> and I do think we had, oh, it was, I should know what this is. Oh, it's a female sports initiative. Oh no, she can do it or something like that. Oh, no. oh, um, was it? Uh, uh, no, oh. no. I was about to say her rugby counts, but I, I remember they did a commercial about it, right? It was about like all sports, but rugby yeah. was featured quite a lot in it. And it was, oh, I'm sorry, that is going to drive me mad. <laughs> so, four four hours later, everything's done. I know. Like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. You do you edit this right? Or am I just gonna be panicking? <laughs> I was like, this is just gonna be I'm so sorry for the listeners, but I it's gonna really annoy me. But that's the best part. <laughs> Women's sport. No. This like I think it's one of my favorite like initiatives in the UK, but it's really oh, this is she can do it. Interviews no. over. I'm, I'm so sorry. I I can't. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can help you on these. Let me see if I can help you on this. I will not be able to focus if I don't know what this is. I really like this campaign. Oh. And if you didn't know, I I feel like we can be very good friends as a result. Just for this moment right here. This is too it. familiar. <laughs> this girl can. I found it. This girl can. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that was gonna drive me absolutely mad. Cause that's like one that's <laughs> I'm so, I, I wanna say I'm not normally this disorganized, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real, all right. Yeah. This, is what we, this is what we're about in this. <laughs> I know. This is why I don't think any big brands are gonna want to work with me because I'm just like I'm a bit of a mess, but it's fine. Anyway. Um, right, let me start my phrase. Let me start that train of thought again, because I've no idea what I was actually talking about. <laughs> but, um, so, look, look, let me just ask this. If I didn't keep this in, would you be upset because I enjoy just the realness of this? All right, no, perfect. I'll keep it in. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's very me. Because this feels better to me. Like I said, this feels normal to me. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Well, just like ah, it was too clean. Like, yeah. too clean. <laughs> I can't believe that. I thought I was going to be poised and like ready and have like nice things to, well I do have nice things to say but just say things calmly but that that was going to really stress me out if I had didn't bring that up so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I found it <laughs> <laughs> hey look you know we we, we it, it's it's the small things that count I'm telling people yeah. <laughs> it's underestimated all right yeah. it's underestimated <laughs> but all right so so what were you going with 
See if we, so, we, we rewind it back. All right. Let's rewind <laughs> it back. Um, so, <laughs> like, there was, <laughs> so, like, once a year or a couple of times a year, there's a campaign called This Girl Can. That's right. what it's called. <laughs> by Sport England. And they do, like, a lot more initiatives to encourage women to get into sports and get into um, different activities. And I remember, in, like, one of the most recent adverts, rugby was featured um, in it quite heavily and then from that we um i think we definitely saw like from january like a real influx a lot of girls coming to one and to try and blah a lot of girls coming to try it out um which was really nice as well so i do think that like um campaigns like that have really helped um in terms of getting more women into rugby because it's a national thing as well um i think there is more um it's more highlighted that women can play rugby, um, especially with right now being on TV and people like Shauna Brown and Rachel Burford who have like amazing um, platforms that they use to promote the sport. Um, they're definitely helping in terms of like every girl can play rugby and lifting that up. Rachel Burford has um, Girls Rugby Club, which is this like really cool organization encouraging girls to get more into rugby. Because I learned, I learned today that girls, you're not allowed to teach rugby to girls if you're a PE teacher after a certain age in school, which is bizarre. So yeah, obviously, what? you're gonna have a look. Yeah, I, I don't. I need to look more into it because there was a friend that's a PE teacher that told me, but it's just that's bizarre just, and things like so that. Arbitrary. It's like, yeah. look, look, I'm sorry. You, you reached the cutoff. We can yeah. no longer access you this information. Yeah. You're gonna have to <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So I need to look more into that because I think that is bizarre. But as the P rugby, P teacher who also plays rugby told me, and it's, yeah, it's bizarre. So that kind of thing puts you off um, playing rugby if you're a girl. But what was the question? <laughs> Oh, I mean, the question really was just... Did what, I answer it? <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, you answered the question. It was just like, what were the evolutions that came from as from a grassroots level? But uh, you actually opened up more questions perfect. than now, than the, with that answer. So I appreciate it because it, I, I was, I was going to go a little bit personal. We're, we're going to talk about you a little bit more directly a little bit later yeah. on. But I, I do want to delve into this part. I, I always hear about this factor, and it, it might be, and, and bear with me if I'm talking stereotype or I'm accurate mm-hmm. here, um, or completely just off base. Um, but I've always understood that within the the UK culture, there's a certain level of um, class um, immobility, class immobility. A bit, uh, you know, you kind of said, obviously, people can maneuver here and there. As a result, I wonder, does that same, if, if that's an, if that's true, uh, does that same factor, do you feel like it resonates within rugby? Like, it's, it's kind of like the way that the rules are because of such the age of the country and, uh, you know, an established culture that's harder be- just to change just because of the fact that it's been around for so long and it's been such a standard for so long. Do you think that also in, uh, kind of uh, leaks itself into the way that rugby is able to maneuver? So you have rules like an age, arbitrary age cutoff for one person to teach it versus another to be able to teach the sport and it, it, it how it impacts the way that women grow in it. 
Do you say the question again? <laughs> I was like thinking of so many points and then I just got like... <laughs> the, the first bit, I'm so no, sorry. No problem. Basically what I was saying is if 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 there's a class culture that mm-hmm. exists in, in the UK, uh-huh. do you think that class culture, the framework of it, kind of resonates inside rugby in the UK? And as a result, it impacts the way that the sport has been able to grow for women there. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes. I know I, I talk too much. This is a, no, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I do. I think because rugby isn't maybe as accessible in schools, you have to do it as an extracurricular a lot of the time if you're a girl. Um, and obviously that comes with a lot of costs. If you can't afford to buy boots, if you can't afford to simple things like getting on the bus to go to rugby training, um, getting appropriate sportswear, getting the appropriate kit and um, maybe like the discipline side of things. If you don't have someone encouraging you um, to do that over time, you're not really going to be able to climb up the ranks and become that um, stronger rugby player. I think this is my opinion in that I feel like in Britain there's a real culture of like niceness and I think it is a real British thing is that like no one really wants to talk about when there's a problem we just like kind of smile and nod and the British stiff upper lip and all that and just get on with it um I think it's difficult because I'm not sure is the answer but I'm gonna think about it I feel like I'm going to have a great answer in like an hour. I'll let you come back on that yeah. one. It, it, does add, it does add something to it. And again, because, you know, here in the U.S., we have our own cultural issues um, mm. when it comes to between race, gender, and everything in between and, and around it. So, like, and we see it how it impacts rugby. So, you know, lately, especially after the George Floyd, but really, you know, it's always been there. You know, we really brought brought um you know race far more into the forefront finally especially Mm -hmm. as black people and you know the u.s has a very precarious relationship with black people with you know cattle slavery and all that stuff and so how it's able to impact into rugby often comes in terms of a lot of i want to say biases that occur whether it's in where they're positioned or um you know a lot of you know it's steadily been increasing but number of black people who are actually playing sort of like you said with uh, the middle class uh white people that typically play in rugby here it, it still it resonates over here mm. so it, it's always interesting kind of seeing where how it also fits outside of this country because sometimes we can kind of get ourselves uh can't see be what what's the phrase go can't see the forest beyond the trees or something like that. Like never know how much of it is it that we're actually seeing for ourselves or how much of this is this just kind of uh, resonating across the board. And it just happens to present itself differently in these cultural arenas. So, and, and which is why I kind of, I liked what you'd had been doing with um, black girls, uh, Ruck, uh, cause it kind of pointed out a similarity in, in, and now you in this position with black people and being able to play and, um, you know, being able to see yourself within the sport, uh, something that I think is great, uh, greatly gets underestimated. Um, you guys have uh, Maggie 
I don't know why I forgot her name now, like in setup, exactly to be set up to be like the most powerful person in world rugby. Mm. How does that resonate for, for you? And how does that resonate, you know, from what you've heard with other women, but really I want to even speak particularly as, as a black woman, how does that resonate for you um, as you continue to grow within the sport? I think it's I think it's amazing. I really love Maggie Alfonsi. She's like my dream podcast guest at the moment. She's um just like completely breaking barriers and um is like an absolute pioneer for diversity and rugby, which I think is very hard to like talk about um on that level as well as like she is like talking for the BBC sometimes and for the RFU to like have that difficult conversation about race and well difficult for other people not difficult really for black people because it's more our reality um I think there's still a lot of work to go from a grassroots level I think more needs to be done to filter up because unfortunately yes you have Maggie or Fonzie um at the top level like in the Royal Football Union Council and then you've got you go to England women's rugby team and there's three mixed race girls in the main like that are regularly called up to training camps that are part of the England squad in terms of representation and is that really enough if you're a young black girl watching rugby thinking oh I want to do that and all you're going to see is a um, rugby match on BBC Two once in a while is that really enough? I don't think so. And I think the people that are there and are doing that work are doing amazing. But I think more needs to be done to encourage more black girls to kind of stick at it. And I think at premiership level, there's like a couple of girls who like I spoke to like Simi Pam and the girls from Wasps and um at premiership level, who else have I spoken to? yeah i don't know where my phone is this is really stressing me out i'm not <laughs> the whole this girl can thing could have been solved in two seconds if i knew where my phone is but you know, know. Hey, oh god found it right I also don't know why I'm sitting on the floor but i'm quite comfortable look, look it's the ultimate cup look the floor is a low-key one of the most comfortable spots. Like whenever yeah. you have a good carpet or something right underneath it, especially. Oh, I don't. It's not even that comfortable. It's you just. Gotta... <laughs> it's just... I... <laughs> I just, I'm here out of convenience. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Like I just sat down and I was just like, ah, yeah. good. Ah, yeah, that was literally what happened. I'm trying to see who else I've had. At a premiership level, I do think that's it. Just Simi. Wasp. Simi and the Wasps girls and Shauna Brown and Ditaisha Harper, who also play for England as well. Mm-hmm. But um and there are more girls out there that I haven't spoken cool. to yet. But um You're setting I them think, up. You're setting yeah, it up. Yeah, setting them up. I'm just organizing it. It's fine, it's in the works. Big things coming. Hashtag big things coming. But um they I don't know, if you're like a young girl. Oh, you're only able to see women's rugby once in a while. And the right. girls that you do see, you don't see that many that look like you. So it's, I don't know. And even there's not enough like Asian girls. There's not enough girls right. in the jobs. There's not enough, like, there are loads of different groups that aren't represented that much in the 
English rugby team. I think, and, and this is what I was saying about it being slow and steady. I think there are steps being made and the RFU have kind of made a plan and like a guide as to what they want to do to address that. But um, I don't know, we'll wait and see. I think it's, we just have to hope and work mm-hmm. towards. And that's why I quite like doing stuff at a grassroots level. I feel like I have more influence because it's people that are at the grassroots club and the players that, the young players that come up are then going to go up to play for county and play up for premiership and work their way up to the England national team and be the next Maggie Alfonsi. So if I can influence that in any way, that'd be great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I want to shift a little bit over to the media side uh, because obviously now this is the one that you've kind of entered in, but I, I assume you also got a little bit templated. So whenever you started uh, Black Girls Rook, uh, what what was your impetus? Obviously, it was probably to feature more Black women, but what really kind of opened you to say, all right, let me go ahead and move into this part of the industry? Um, so for my undergraduate degree, I did a media communications degree and my favorite module in that was radio. And I always have, I've listened to podcasts for ages and I always like the idea of, um, quite conversationally podcasts and ones where I can learn someone's story and just be, it just sounds like a conversation. So my main aim So I've always been searching for like, what's my niche? What do I actually feel really passionate about? What am I really interested in? And it wasn't until I started playing rugby, I was just being like, oh my God, I love these girls. I love the culture of this. I love like the environment because even when we have played games and gone away, it's always been like a really happy environment, really positive, really supportive. And I found that fascinating, but I did always think to myself, why don't more black girls play rugby? And why Mm -hmm. didn't I find this earlier? in life and that's kind of the story that i wanted to set out and explore um so that was like my main goal just trying to figure out why don't more black girls play rugby yo you know it's wild because i literally had that same conversation with myself uh whenever i started playing like i remember uh whenever I, i legitimately took it seriously and i was like oh there's rugby and then you enter into it and you're like holy crap this thing is a lot bigger than what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then you go like, wait, why didn't I know this before? And like the example I'll use, like here in in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, when I found it, it was after I graduated from college. So uh, from university. So, uh, you know, but I kind of just assumed that, you know, Baton Rouge didn't have it, found it online and found the guys. But what shocked me the most was that I found out that these guys had been around since like the 60s. And not only had they been around, they literally were on the campus where my high school had been. So the years prior to, they were playing around uh, where we were walking around on, on campus. Never heard of them. Uh, apparently, like, we, they had prominent people who were in the community that played. Never knew they existed. And so it kind of was like, okay, I don't understand why we never heard this. And then that second part was like, this seems very natural with, with black people in terms of like we have a contact sport which obviously football is one but we have a contact sport where it doesn't cost very much to be able to enter in the 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 barrier for entry is very low um and then on top of that you do have this network and and rivalry set up and travel ability that 
works to being able to spread yourself out. And it's like, it seems very natural. Why is there so few black people? But it always kind of came back to, well, nobody really talks about it until you're there. Like it, it, it didn't make sense. And even for me, that's why I ended up coming into the media side. I was like, yo, we got to be able to promote this. Like we, <laughs> we got to bring the culture into it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, for you, and I'm going to say this tentatively so the audience doesn't get mixed up, but um, you know, there's a black culture that exists in America. Not, you know, there's obviously the realms of African culture, African-American black culture, whatever. In England, you guys seem to have a lot more um, connection to original location. You know, Nigerians seem to be much more resonant Nigerian British than it is Black British and Jamaicans, et cetera, et cetera, like that. When you're bringing, when you're talking about having a connection with Black people in rugby in the UK, what do you see as the Factors that need to be brought in to make it a little bit more of a connecting sport that might not be as uh, common in it in this point. Mm. And that's a great question. I think something that I think of a lot is like a lot of teams have a bit of emphasis. I'm, I'm quite glad my team's not necessarily like this, but an emphasis on drinking culture and I'm not one I do drink and I don't mind like joining in some of the games and stuff but I know for some people the thought of that is quite daunting um and from a cultural point of view you may not feel that comfortable taking part in that and I know that's not really a big part of rugby but I think when you're thinking about if you're someone that's from outside of that group and doesn't really know that much about rugby, you might think, oh, am I really going to fit in? I don't really want to play drinking games. I don't really want to do that. Um, so maybe less emphasis on that. And I think rugby in the UK at least is doing really well. And at our level, at least, is doing really well in like taking away from like, it's not a drinking sport. Yes, you can drink if you want. And there are like, and we do play games sometimes, but it's not just like, you are okay if you don't drink, like no one. Right. No one cares. Um, so I think that's quite good. Um, I think, I don't think there's any barriers, but I think there are aspects of it that can seem quite daunting because I'm thinking about like changing room culture as well. And like, if you're someone that's been brought up in a way, in quite a conservative way, and you don't want to um, show your body the thought of changing in a room with like 20 other girls, you like, you wouldn't want to do that. Wow, right. It, yeah, and especially like, some clubs don't have the facilities to you, for you to have like a hidden bit you have to change in front of everyone if you're someone that that's not something you're comfortable with at all you kind of i don't know i'm thinking hypothetically here and that like you wouldn't want to rock the boat and like I, i'm not changing i have to change in front of people you wouldn't want to have that conversation even though it's a really valid conversation to have and that could be another barrier as well um i think See, I don't, I need to read more about this because I, sh maybe don't quote me on this, but <laughs> like Swing Low Sweet Chariot from what right. I, is like a massive rugby song here. Right. I don't know fully. 
I didn't even know it was a rugby song, if I'm being honest. I just realised, I thought, I knew that I knew it from, like, learning about Black American history. Yeah. That's what I have always related to. I didn't really know it was a rugby song. And then with it's, the, a, it's a slave song first. It's a slave yeah. song before it was a rugby song, which was the weirdest thing for me to discover as well, too. Yeah, I've not really understood it. I don't, I don't really know where it's come from. And I know that the RFU is doing work to kind of, like, understand trying to make people understand where it's come from i don't know yeah. i feel like i don't really have an opinion on it because i'm not educated enough on it which isn't i don't know don't quote me on that oh. but if you're i don't know if you're someone that's like coming into rugby and then you're thinking oh like one of the main anthems for england rugby is a slavery song is that really something i want to be associated with no um that's I don't know. There are just loads of hypothetical barriers, and it's something that I definitely want to explore more in my podcast. Um, talking to people, talking to young girls, and asking why wouldn't you want to do rugby? My sisters like would never ever do rugby. Like the thought of it for them is just they think it's weird and gross, and <laughs> they do not understand why I do it at all. But um, <laughs> here's what I, it is. I was going to ask, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm get back to the media side, but what? How did your parents take you playing rugby? uh initially or even now they don't really get it i think they just i don't think they think i'm serious if that makes sense like i once came back completely i came back in cost from a match and they just didn't i don't think they fully (laughs) understand it sounds really weird i think they're just like worried that i might die yeah or no. like have a serious accident but i think they don't take it seriously and that like i'm actually playing the sport and that i actually i'm doing like i'm exercising i think for them they just think that i'm running into people and attempting to break all my bones and <laughs> i don't know they don't really take it they think it's weird they think it's weird and just like okay like whatever i don't my parents haven't come to see a match see a match yet um <laughs> I don't know. I always show them pictures when I get injured, which I don't think helps things. So <laughs> the last picture I have from a match is me with like two tampons up my nose because I it was like my nose is bleeding and I had a scrum cap on and I just looked a bit an absolute mess and I showed them that and they were just like, is this really what you should be doing? Like, oh. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to show them the encouraging stuff, exactly. you know, you know, just just, just really get that anxiety level. I know. <laughs> I like to just show them the real stuff. I actually am playing this, but for me, I say twenty something year old black woman. I need to be getting married. I need to be like thinking about settling down, not pushing into people and getting those kids. So, you know, oh, it, it's really interesting. It the concept resonates. Across both parties, I, I think it. I think it might have been only up until, I want to say, maybe last year, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Whenever my parents kind of resonated into like, all right, there's maybe something that's happening here with rugby. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but it literally took. I think, uh, what was it? It it took a random chance that one of my dad's doctors was friends with somebody that was in their local rugby team. And he was like, oh, there's another rugby team out here? Oh, okay, maybe there's something here. And then my mom, <laughs> I literally had to create an event and mm-hmm. actually have her come. And I think even still, like, it wasn't until the very end of it that we actually, she was like, maybe you got something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still tentative across the board. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think I'm going to bother because I could just, I know my mum's reaction when she watches the match. She's going to be like, what was that? Like, what, what am I looking at? <laughs> like, it's not, because it's not as simple as like just kicking a ball around. Like, right. I don't think my mum, they, they won't get it. And they, I think they just think it's like too much harm for not enough output. Right. <laughs> then they go like, how is this paying you money? Exactly. Money? <laughs> You're paying money to hurt yourself. And what am I gaining from this? Like, I think that's the mindset. They don't really see the benefits. Oh, I think they're just happy that I'm outside and that I'm meeting people and I'm not at home annoying them. So <laughs> that works. You know, yeah, exactly. They nuance deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, yo, I love it. It's it's consistency, man. Uh, <laughs> that country is very consistent with uh, expectation. <laughs> That's that's it. It's just expectations. No, don't want really want to help you towards anything, but just I expect you to do this. Just yeah. So you know, kind of going back onto the media stuff. So for you, all right. Obviously, you you started this this podcast, and you've started to have your access of being able to interview these different kinds of people, and you're still building up. Yeah. What has been uh, what has been the most uh, revealing thing for you since you started enter as since you entered into the media field like for you personally like what has been the thing that you thought before you started doing this and now you're kind of like all right this is now my perspective whether it's confirmed or whether it's switched or whatever but your perspective differences from before starting it to now um i think the main thing i've definitely learned is that like a lot of white people aren't aware of the small nuances that black girls have to think about when like participating in any kind of like group activity that isn't necessarily made for them so i recently was speaking to some of the girls on my team um about my podcast um like some white some black and like it was really like the feedback I got was really like lovely because they love listening to it I think because it is me and they want to like obviously support me so that's their main motivation at first but then they said that like learning about the stories and there's loads of little things that like I never really think about because they don't have to think about it but thinking about things like doing our hair and um this is I why don't I have enough That's terrible. Um, okay, so <laughs> that's really bad. So, doing our hair, that's it. That's all. That's all really I, I don't know what other issue is black women. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is the same. It's the common. Like, Just come on. Hair. <laughs> For what it's worth, really the hair is real, though. I mean, I mean, the difference is is real. So, yeah. I can, it takes up the bulk. I, it, it's amazing. Exactly. So, for example, doing our hair. Is like something that they. <laughs> That's just shocking. Why is that the first thing? It's like on my bedtime here. So why? Like... <laughs> I love that I said ten o'clock because I was like I would have like, done stuff and then like I can like do this. They go to bed. I didn't realize that I would have completely just like drained. You feel my like brain is just. But then I'm like this at most parts of the day. It's fine. I'm just. Well, look, is is why, I'm sorry. You give him the time. Look, look, you're, you're fighting your natural clock. Thank yeah. you. I take that as the honor. <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, I the difference, the little nuanced differences uh, that they yeah. didn't know. And I think this is kind of a theme in England, something I've always thought is that like Britain is 
racist. It's just not spoken about as much. And I think microaggressions are massive here. And it's like the little things that you can't really put your finger on, but are acts of racism. Um, and the girls that have like fed back to me about things that they've learned on the podcast, I know for a fact that they're not like overtly racist and have any like, um, stereotype hold negative stereotypes towards any groups or anything like that but i think it was just so interesting for me that they were like oh my god i learned that like you have to think about this and it's so like i never knew that you have to think about this and that and like for me that has really opened up conversation and like thinking of new things to talk about so like looking more into hair and like um situation where obviously like black women are more sexualized and situations that may have occurred in line with rugby and like opportunities and things like that. And that's definitely given me more of like a kick up the ass to um, keep doing that. I realized, I felt like I sounded really British when I said kick up the ass. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, You have sounded very British the entire time. So (laughs) you just get that extra exclamation part. I'd like to make sure nobody gets confused here. All right. I'm not enjoying ah. that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you didn't care about the story. You just wanted the British person. I just want the action. So. I just want to Fair be enough. like, look, we're global. Come on. <laughs> and we're fine. Let's go. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't blame you. It's hard out here. These are unprecedented times. And we need to start looking out for ourselves, don't we? Um, what was I saying? Well, I'm it so was sorry. kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you. I know I'm. I'm, I'm gonna squeeze this juice for as much as I can before I go. But you know, it, it is interesting because you know, again, it, it, it's the same thing here in the states. You know, it's it's a lot of aspects that a lot of white people, just most white people, majority of white people, do not have to ever think about because, like you said, it's whenever you're the majority, or even let's call it the the sociological, the social societal standard. Um, you know, you get to kind of maybe not even turn a blind eye. It's more of just like it's out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting whenever it comes to uh, things that you you find out. I know, like, even from a media side, I, I'll, I'll say this one is not as serious, but it was the, I think, regularness has been a factor. So let me kind of explain. So, like, when you get to talk to some of these rugby players, especially that are at the national level, um, you know, it's it we see them on TV or at least on a screen of some sort. And it makes you kind of go like, oh, OK, like there is this massive difference between them and me. Right. And not to say that, you know, there's they, they're not more talented, but it's you get to talk to them and they're just kind of like. No, you just really regular. You're a regular person. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're really good at what you do, and this is your dedication is. But like, like it's very easy. There's nothing, and in this, I mean this in the most positive way. Mm. There's nothing out of the ordinary. It's yeah. just the factor that you're very good at what you do, and mm. I can appreciate that because I think it it takes away s- some of the uh, spectacle. And it allows it to be like, all right, now I can connect with this person a little bit more genuinely as opposed to this, like, yo, you, you're here and I'm here and I don't see anything different. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I definitely get that. I think when I, I had that realization when I interviewed um, Shauna Brown, 
and Sasha Brown because they're like, I don't know, I see Shauna Brown as like, oh my God, she is like the queen. Right? Back in, like, in rugby and I was like, oh my God, I have no idea how I'm going to talk to her. And I was so nervous during that interview. And then just talking to her, she's quite like, she's like straight to the point, but like in a really like, really relatable, really nice, really like, it's just like, yeah, that same thing of like, she is like a normal girl, just very good at what she does. And what she right. does is like, maybe involves her like going on TV once in a while and doing loads of media stuff. But she's, yeah, a regular person that goes through very similar things to um, me and a lot of the other girls that I've spoken to. And it was like, yeah, really eye-opening talking to her, that how universal the experience is as well. Nice, nice. You know, kind of letting it wind down because I, I want to make sure that I can use this juice for it. the future, by the way. Just let you know, <laughs> you, you will be coming back on here. Yeah, I wasn't awful. <laughs> no, what? Please. It was amazing. <laughs> this has been amazing. This is why you're coming back on. <laughs> I'm going to, like, listen to this and not remember a thing that I've said and just been like, that isn't true, but that <laughs> isn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was this a dream? I yeah, it's like, a very what, different dream. what are you on about? That's not a thing in you don't play rugby on it's fine you're just <laughs> you're not actually meant to be here it's meant to be your sister he was talking to it's just what were you doing <laughs> oh. oh man yes yes uh well look let me ask you this kind of like i said kind of bringing it down you know as you continue through this podcast um obviously you have your your day job and everything, but where do you feel like this is going to, where do you feel like you want to go with this, this podcast and, uh, or maybe what you've been seeing that's kind of reshaped, that's kind of shaping the direction that you want to go with this uh, media side uh, for rugby for you? Um, so I would, one of the things that we spoke about um, on the Wasps episode, um, one of the girls mentioned, um, Sadia Kabea mentioned like, it'd be really cool to like mentor um, young black girls um, that are coming up the ranks and kind of like just give them the little push they need and be that person to like nudge them on along the way. And I think with um, the podcast, that's definitely something I'd love to like look into doing more and like maybe setting up a mentorship scheme or something to help um, young girls keep going up and just keep playing rugby. I just want to see like more black girls playing rugby. I want to see more black people playing rugby in general um so that's like from a community point that's what i want to do for a media point i would love to i don't know i'd love to be the next oprah but i think that's <laughs> just me I, I i'm also quite delusional in my ability to do things. hey look look and you can't get anywhere if you actually do not have exactly. beliefs that are way out of this world exactly that can become achievable <laughs> I always like the quote, and it is from Kanye West, who's very pro problematic, but like, reach for the stars, and if you fall, you'll land on a cloud. And that's like what I always go for, in that like, I will dream as big as I can, and like, wherever I get to on my way there, I'll be happy, because it was like on my way to my dream. But I'd love to just do more media stuff, do more, um, like, interview more people, and just see where it takes me. I'm not really, in terms of the media side, I don't know, I just want to. Earn money for my podcast and like maybe get paid to do something that I really enjoy doing and provide these stories for people. But um, I don't know, at the moment, I'm just really enjoying it and would love to um, be able to financially support myself to like maybe 
reduce the days that I work as a right. speech therapist to do more podcast stuff and like live a life where I can do both because I as much as I love the podcast I also love doing speech therapy as well so right. that's not something I want to lose yeah, but you know, get the balance I can do both yeah yeah. Oh, I, I love that. No, no, that's that's the realist. Uh, and, and being able to find that and being able to go, I, I know even for me on this journey, even though I haven't, uh, I'm still cracking that code for the monetization. I'm almost yeah. there. I'm, I feel good about it. <laughs> if I figure it out, I'm going to let you know. Don't worry. I'm seeing the sponsor here, so you're doing okay. I mean, look, you know, we 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 we, we do what we can. We do what we can. Even, even if we have to create it on our own, we we do what we can. We're gonna get this. It's coming over here. One day, one day. You know, but for what it's worth, I, I gotta appreciate like the accesses that it's given. Like, um, you know, last year we got to go to the rugby world cup. I got to go to the rugby world cup as media, and this year, next year, get to go to the Olympics as media, and you know, so like to know that it's like. I, I might not get the pay, but yo, oh, I'm getting yeah. to see things that I never expected to, and you never really know where it was going to go, because I don't know if I knew it was going to be like this at the beginning, but yeah. um, it's interesting. And it, it feels like your own personal Google. You know, like, yeah. Google 1998, everybody's like, oh, there's already Yahoo. Like, nothing's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, you feel like it's going to burst. Yeah. Like, trying to tell you. Trying yeah. to give you the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, yo, look, I legitimately enjoyed this all the way through uh this was and this was really actually very informative uh even even through what you consider gas i just found entertaining (laughs) (laughs) i genuinely enjoyed it and uh i I continue to uh look forward to more episodes of black girl ruck please let them know where they can find you all you can find me on instagram and twitter um at black girls ruck and that is where oh let me say that again i'm so sorry so you can find black girls rap podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts and all other podcast streaming services and you can find us at black girls rock that's r-u-c-k on instagram and twitter yo i love the script i'm feeling the script <laughs> when i'm on it when i'm ready i think i need to make a couple of mistakes then i'll say it properly i'll never say it like off the bat it's, 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 a, it's a muscle you're practicing in you know you yeah. get it one, two three times and you're good to go see this is why yeah bring it back just so you can constantly have that practice just literally just come on just be like yo you can find a podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts, and then uh you find it on instagram and twitter all right that was all yeah. we needed for the interview good we're good to yeah. go <laughs> I wish that was just it. Me, I just, I just get a little. If I forget something, I just have. Then I go over and over it in my head, and I say it out loud, and then it just gets. Ugh, I'm hard work. Um, thank you for having me. You for coming. <laughs> oh my god, and I loved it. Oh man, look, I I really appreciate you coming through, and definitely can't wait to do it again. And guys, thank you so much for just taking the time to listen yo i hope you guys were able to green some solid knowledge out of it and uh like i said i know i did and just generally just enjoyed the conversation 
And guys, this isn't the only one that we have. If you get a chance, go check out some of our old podcasts. Not last week because we missed it last week because there were some technical difficulty issues. But the week before, we had the great Comagandy Fishbin uh, from All Navy Rugby to Village Lions, uh, USA Rugby um, uh, age grade uh, development coach. We had Dr. Amelia Lucianu, who is a World Rugby International Referee and the commissioner for the Ivy League Rugby League for Men. Uh, we had Gordon Hanlon, a coaching educator. Uh, we had my guy Georgie Coda of uh, Rugby and Beauty, now known as Jump Maker. Uh, we had Kamani Davis of Roots Rugby and Made. Uh, Matt Upton, Freddie. Uh, Freddie Henry Ajuda of Life University and Nigeria National Rugby Team. We've had some great people. Nia Papper. We had uh, Farrah Douglas coming out of Mount St. Mary's. We had James Brunson from the North Philly Nomads. We had Cheta Emba of the USA Rugby Sevens. Yay, and guys, yo, I hope you guys watch the Super Series. We've had so many great guests, especially going into this uh, Women's Rugby World Cup Series era we're going into the olympic series era you guys want to get to know these guys more and more and get to be more enthralled with it and great conversations um and and i can't recommend checking out these other episodes um but you guys continue to take care of yourselves and i want you to know i hope you're happy i hope you are healthy and i hope you know that you are highly favored i will talk to you next time cheers